What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Joel, good morning. How was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was excellent. I can uh, fill you guys in in, uh, in a minute or two. Had did a new sports activity, of a course, which I was very good at. All right, let's run things down. Uh, and we're higher. We're at eight and a half uh, handles higher. Had a little dip overnight. No big deal. Bought the dip. Uh, trading over the highs from last week. So good Friday, closing on the highs, file through on Monday. Uh, can't complain about that. Uh, crude in the tank, down 647, 107.44. Gold in the red, 23 bucks at 19.31. Silver in the red by 45 cents, 25.16. Bitcoin, the old overnight move, up 28.85, 47, 540. Clearing that resistance at 45.5, the big move. Kind of felt that creeping up uh, at the end of last week. And Ethereum futures, uh, they're up $242 at 33.69.50. Let's bring in Triple D. How you doing? What's going on? Talk to me. Well, I got a uh, Lisa wanted us to try a family sport, a new sport, you know, to play pickleball. Oh, I love pickleball. I've never even heard of pickleball. Oh, it's what so the much hell is fun. pickleball? I love pickleball, Joel. We should play pickleball. I, what's I love pickleball? I love that game. What is it? Um, what's I would say? I'll, the, I'll tell you. It's tennis. For old, it's tennis for old people. Exactly. It's the it most. Is. Fun, it's the most fun. Thing. A little bit smaller rackets. It's uh like a wiffle ball, right? Is what yeah. you use, and the rules are kind of similar. Uh, tennis players aren't necessarily great at it. Oh, look at this. Who who brought that? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the rules are a little bit complicated. But, uh, of course, with my, you know, ping pong experience. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I, you know. Is that I, you uh, playing, Joel? That's Joel, yeah. <laughs> you look good. I was like, I was trying to put spin on it and everything. And uh, spin so it, Emily and I beat Dana and Lisa. Nice. I felt bad because I was making, you know, I was putting it like right over the net, and Lisa had to run, almost ran, and knocked the net off a few times. But, uh, but that's it. But uh, let's go to the markets, and I boy, know. oh boy, market won't go down. Trip? No, it won't. I mean, won't and this down. is it. Like what my logic says, you got to sell stocks. My logic has been wrong, and it's been wrong for a week. So what have I been doing? I've been buying dips. I got to go with not what I think, but what the market is telling me what is happening here. So, you know, am I going and throwing all my cash back in the market? No, but as a trader right now, I got to be on the bull train. I mean, you cannot argue with it. It will switch. It doesn't make any logical sense, but logic is, you know, we, we go into logical markets and now we're back into like FOMO. And we've been talking about this for a week now. The FOMO is rampant. You know, when you see stocks like GME blasting off six five days ago, that's telling you, it's the FOMO market. It was just a matter of time before crypto starts to catch on too, because it's all related. All the stuff that was really cool in 2020 was so uncool for the whole first part of this year. It's cool again in the last week. It's been cool again in the last seven days. So you have to respect that. Um, am I putting all this stuff in my long-term portfolio? No, but am I trading some of this stuff from the long side? Absolutely. So that's the difference between, you know, trading. You don't trade what you think. You trade what the market's telling you to trade. And my my thinking has been wrong, but my trading has actually been pretty good. 
So, I mean, that's the difference between, you know, somebody who's just starting that thinks you got to call the market to make money. You don't call the market to make money. You play your systems. You play your systems and trade what your, your, what your systems are telling you to trade and go with the flow. And right now, buy the dip is working again. And it's working very well on a lot of beaten down names. So it's interesting that this morning we get a big crypto run, right? Like mm-hmm. over the weekend, right? Because all cryptos are up. If you look at your your movers tool in Benzinga Pro, it's all populated by all the crypto stocks. We're all up the top of the leaderboard today. Um, we've always talked about Bitcoin crypto trading as a growth asset. It trades with growth. And when growth is on, Bitcoin is on, crypto is on. And when it is. off, crypto is off now. So now you've had a period where for the last... Uh, couple of weeks here in in stocks we've rallied um crypto ha- really hasn't it, it's it's been a little bit more hit or miss it, it has rallied but we haven't had like the breakout today yeah. we're getting the breakout right today i mentioned the fact that we are green for the year now catch up trade in bitcoin so is this a sign of the um how i, I guess like what does it say? Does it say that um, we're getting, we're already moving into the later phases of whatever this move is? If we're get, if we're at the point now where, well, let's see, we already had the cannabis move that that was last week and that's done, and now we're moving. Yeah, it's going to the, through. So the next big asset, which is crypto, we're going to run through that for a couple of days, and then that'll be that, and then we'll be back to selling stuff. Or does it mean like, okay, all right, now crypto's here, now we got some, now we got some legs. I think it's the latter to a certain extent. I mean, this market is your classic climbing the wall of worry. There's like, you know, there's like five, six basic market, you know, you know, environments that you're in overall. You know, you could write a book and probably there's like four or five, you know, and one is climbing the wall of worry where it ignores all bad news and just continues to go up. We entered that phase eight days ago. Didn't know it until, you know, hindsight capital's 2020. But there was no way to, you know, if you're picking it on day one, you were probably way too early because you were probably picking it 30 days ago or 50 days ago or 100 days ago. But we're like eight, nine days into this now. And the market has now shrugging off Ukraine as, as disgusting as that is. It, it totally is. Um, it's shrugging off, you know, interest rate concerns here, which I don't think are warranted. But it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the market is doing. And it's, it's shrugging off, you know, a potential for... Uh, not a soft landing. So there's a lot of reasons to be worried. There's a lot of reasons to carry cash. But right now, the market is punishing those people who are underinvested. I'm one of them. It's punishing those people who are short stocks. I'm glad I'm not one of those. Um, and it's going to continue to punish those people until we actually shake those people out. And then I'll probably pull the rug out from under the longs too. The market loves to punish the maximum amount of participants. But right now, it's the classic strategies and the classic environment of climbing the wall of worry i i heard the bear market is over is what i heard uh, it's official kramer has declared on friday which uh-huh. this scares the hell out of me but kramer has declared officially that the bear market is over he was on cnbc and says i'm calling it now the bear market is over he could be right He's usually he's usually uh, sometimes uh, <laughs> not right. So I'm somewhat I'm somewhat worried about when Kramer starts getting bullish. So maybe I actually should get fully back on the bear train here. But you know, the regardless of the points is um, you know Kramer always makes good points, and there's a lot of you know reasons to think that maybe the worst is behind us. Maybe it is all priced in. Every money manager comes on CNBC and they're telling us about the interest rates. It's already priced in. Is it? I'll tell you one thing I know is that nobody knows anything. This market, to predict this market is one of the hardest markets I've seen in my 22 years. One, because we are so headline driven. To predict the, not not to predict the five minutes out. The five minutes is where, or the 10 minutes out, or the hour out, you know, going with the flow. The day trading is still predictable. But to say where we're going to be in a week, in a month, in a year, is completely impossible. So it's just a guess. And we don't know what the next stage is in Ukraine. We don't know how, you know, this economy is going to shake out. We don't know if we're going to get a soft landing. We don't know if interest rates are going to, you know, go up for, you know, uh, quicker or slower than what the Fed is predicting. So all we know is nobody knows anything. Very hard to predict out more than a day. So anybody who's saying, yeah, where the bear market is over or this, it's just, you know, talk. It's something to grab headlines. That's all it is because nobody knows anything. 
Yeah, and uh, X Trader in the ch- in the chat just said, "What about balance sheet runoff?" Well, that's the point, right? What about that? What about this? What about the war? Not the worries. What about the Fed? There's mm-hmm. yes, there are there are things, the same things that we were freaking out about a month ago. Are nothing has worked itself out. So, but that doesn't nothing. Mean- that's the funny thing. That doesn't mean we can't go keep going back to all-time highs here. So That's the funny thing, oh, no. Spencer. That's yeah. the, the the whole thing is that all the things we were worried about, none of that got fixed. We yeah. just stopped worrying about it. Yeah, I don't know. We just stopped worrying about it. I don't know. So it's tough. I don't know where we're going. And that's why I have an over amount of cash in my laundry portfolio because I don't know. But you can't argue. You can't sit here and say I'm going to short stocks because you're getting your ass kicked. If you're shorting stocks, you're shorting stocks a week ago, you're killed. You're shorting stocks even on Friday, you're starting to get beat again. I mean, Berkshire Hathaway shows you the market that we're in. You got Apple trading down here, and we'll go into this now. This is a good segue. It's trading before down. you do that. Before yeah. you do that, I go, just Joel. you know go on the uh, the under you know just to underscore the uh, unpredictability. Yeah, I think that the you know the the, you know, the session started six o'clock, right? Six p.m. And there's a lot of things that go on. And I think that there's, you know, discernible patterns at night. You see some, you know, some things in the morning, you know, morning rallies or morning declines. But what to me is become absolutely unpredictable is and non-tradable is the last like 15 minutes, the last half hour. I mean, on Friday, you were up flirting with the highs of the session. You slam down 20 handles and it's like, okay, well, people, they're nervous, right? And then in the last five minutes, they take it all the way back to the high of the session and close on not only on the high of the day, but for the high of the week. So there, there's certain you know points in the day where, yeah, you know, your probability, your numbers, your levels work. What I've just noticed is that, you know, the last 10, 15 minutes – are wicked. And if you would have Wild. went all in with that, say, wow, what a strong close. I'm, you know, I'm buying the open at six o'clock. Then you would have gotten smoked, right? Because you had a, d- a decent sell off. Uh, but, you know, there is a lot of predictability. It's not like, well, we come in high overnight, we consolidate a little bit, and then we go higher all day, you know, and then kind of close where we open and then come in higher overnight do the same kind of thing i just think that uh especially if you're a newer trader or you're not having a good day by like 3:30 3:40 just be very careful because those some of those moves, wicked moves. Really, yeah just wicked moves and and they don't necessarily give you follow through in the exact same direction the following day so don't always want to, you know, be going with it. Hard to be the contrarian too, but just uh, just note that in the last half hour of the session. Let's go to one of the stories of the day, and it's not like Tesla is the story of the day, but I'm going to bring you to Apple first because okay. we're on this nine-day winning streak in Apple. As of right now, it looks like that streak could end. There's a headline here. Spencer, talk to us about Apple. Yeah, Nikkei Asia reporting that uh, Apple is looking to cut its iPhone SE production uh, by 20% next quarter. This is, uh, again, according to Nikkei Asia, so unconfirmed report here, um, a direct result of the war and how that is impacting global supply chains. Um, but they're saying that Apple will cut production. It's actually not just their iPhone. It's the iPhone and the AirPods. But we know the AirPods is uh, ancillary. The iPhone is, is what matters here. I don't know. Like the streak, this has been an incredible move for Apple. One of the biggest moves that it's had in a long time on non-news related. Just the little double bottom at 150 and we have not looked back. And it has come right into resistance. It has come right into like, if you come in now, way late to the party for sure. But I mean, you've got shorts caught in this. You know, you've got the argument that it's going to put a V bottom and we're going to eventually take off here again. Does the dip get bought today? I'm not buying the dip. I'm long the stock. It's the largest position in my long-term portfolio still, despite me lightening it up. Um, I don't know what to say, though. The, this streak has been incredible. Yeah, uh, well, it looks like 171. You got uh, a little sloppy there when the news came out. So you have the pre-market low coming in at one. Let me get the exact number here. The pre-market low coming in at 170.73. 
that coincides nicely with, uh, uh, do we have another daily low? Uh, 170.21. You already got a two-buck bounce off that level. So maybe if you want to get in on the cheap, you could look for there. Like I said, really two bucks away. Uh, but just also historically, you know, tagging Apple off these kind of announcements, right, would, uh, over the years probably has not been the best move. Right. It, it's um, always been a good idea to buy Apple on the dips. I mean, yeah, that is so. really what has worked. It worked again, you know, 10 days ago. The question is, is this a dip after <laughs> you just had such a run? I don't know. Uh, I it, It's been another one that, you know, I don't think it's warranted that it should be trading where it is. But what I think doesn't matter. It's what the market is doing is what matters. So does dip get bought? Probably initially. Does it eventually have followed here? Is it late to the party? It's all of those things. So I'm probably not coming here and buying the dip and loading up and saying we're making new all-time highs, but I'm not going to argue with the FVR because it's been working. Maybe wait for it like you had a nice double bottom, right? On uh, uh, when we reverse, maybe you know, maybe it, at it least if you're Friday's shorting, wait for a double top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah wait wait for a on. reason for a reversal here. So. But I mean, I just want to go to Berkshire Hathaway here too. I mean, you can just oh. tell how disconnected everything is right now. I mean, at Burke is oh, up half- again this morning. I know this is it. Berkshire Hathaway is up huge this morning. It owns half Apple. That makes absolutely no sense. But it's not an ETF. If Burke was an ETF, it would be down because you'd obviously have the creation redemption that would bring it in. But it's not the case, and it doesn't matter that it's half Apple and then Apple is down because they just want to buy Berkshire Hathaway no matter what. It's what this you know market is. It's like Warren wins no matter what. It's been disconnected from its holdings for quite some time. Um, obviously, you know, getting the gap bigger between NAV and its actual holdings. We went through this exercise and showed that the majority of the top holdings are significantly lower than their all-time highs, yet Berkshire makes a new all-time high every single day. So that shows you those closed-end funds can kind of go where they want to go. And right now, Berkshire Hathaway doesn't even care that Apple is down today, which is absurd. If we were going back even six months ago, I was trading Berkshire Hathaway off of Apple because it would lead it. We were even showing the charts how Apple and Berkshire Hathaway were starting to become correlated. That has broken down because right now this market thinks Warren Buffett knows how to navigate this environment better than anybody else. And they continue to buy just because of Warren Buffett. I I don't know if that's what it's saying. I think it's probably saying this is a safe asset and we like it. It's it's a safe asset with growth because it's got Apple. True. So I I don't think the the, the market is saying, oh, yeah, Warren knows what – no, it's just (laughs) – it's like what can we buy – That's safe. That is simultaneously safe. And and correlated and tech and it's 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 Berkshire. It's, it's, you know. Well, I think I think some of the anticipation uh, is that he's going to make another big move and another really large purchase, and he's been tipping his hand as to what that is. Yeah, that's true. He bought and, the Allegheny deal was last week, but that's not that's not, not what I'm talking not about. Qualifies a big purchase. You're no. right. You're right. You know what I'm talking about, right, Dennis? No. Oxy. Well, he's already bought a huge chunk of Oxy. You think he could take the whole company? Yep. I don't. It's possible. I mean, he's got the cash to do a lot of things that he wants to do. So, yep. and that you know, will be is, his his last hurrah. Take an Occidental. Uh, How much market cap on Oxy, by the way? Let's I look read that it. Up. Quick spends. Yeah. <sighs> I read and it. how much cash? Berkshire has a lot of cash it's right stuff. now. Yeah. Do, we, it's a, it's a do we know the cash hoard in Berkshire? It's a $55 billion company. What's a cash hoard in Berkshire right now? I think it's uh, about 150. Uh, I think uh, you're right, Joel. We, we've got 88 here. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, he's got the cash to do it. I wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's in a little bit of a buying spree. We know he's been accumulating Oxy. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me. How much percentage does he own of Oxy already? Do we know that? Uh, is it 14%? Oh, it's a little... He owns a chunk of that. It just changed, so... I can look right now. Uh, I want to say... Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Well, the question was, how much of Berkshire is Oxy, or how much is of Oxy does he How own? much of the of the Oxy does he own? Oh, shoot. I don't, was. I don't know if you have that. Uh, yeah, da, 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 da. I'm gonna, uh, oh yeah, good call, Joel. It's like fourteen percent. Very good. It's a good chunk. Yeah, yeah. So it it would be a that would be a big deal. That will yes. qualify for sure. Yeah. Um, 
one thing we neglected to mention, not that it's moving the stock this morning, but Apple did win Best Picture last night. So shout out to Apple for being the first. Uh, I heard there was some fireworks there last night. First too. streaming service to win a Best Picture Oscar. Of course, that's not what the people care about. Though. The people don't care about who won the awards. The people care The people care about the fighting. But we can get to that later if we have time. What was there fighting? What was happening? You didn't hear oh. about this, Dennis? Well, I didn't see it. I heard just hey. a little bit. But So what happened? The question of the day is nothing to do with stocks or anything like that. The question of the day is, was the slap real? I, I guess I could just replay what so happened. So, Will Smith, they just showed it on CNBC, too. So, he get out. He went up there he and gets up smacked there, yeah. him in the face. <laughs> Will Smith goes up there. You got it? Boom. Slap. Did you see it? You see? Oh, oh, what oh, did he say to warrant that? Here, ready? 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 Here, ready? You got to watch. Let's gotta see watch. if he actually made See if this is WWE. Make contact. He swung That's through. WWE. He never touched him. Oh. Look how he ducked. I know what my WWE. He, he never touched he him. He must have really said something offside. Because he, he doesn't even go back to that. Who agrees with me? That's WWE. He never touched him. So here's why I think he, he never touched him. Fake. He never touched Joel's him. calling a deep fake right there. I think oh, yeah. Joel's Look right. at the Mitch knows that move. I, I think it's fake. Can we do too. one more time? I'm yeah. calling it fake yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. One more time. I'm with you. Fake. Fake. Oh, oh wow. Okay. okay, so I think, so, you know, we have to walk the aftermath because that's how you know it's real. Because it was so incredibly awkward that. That was, awkwardness was fake too. I, 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 I don't think so. I, I've been thinking about this for right. 10 seconds now. I've given this a deep <laughs> thought and I think it was fake. Okay. <laughs> uh, then he sat down. He said something about his wife, right? Yes, he made a joke because uh, Will Smith's wife has alopecia, so she oh. shaved, she shaved her head. So he made a joke about her being in GI Jane because you know GI Jane shaved the head and all that. Um, oh, maybe it and, was real then. That was pretty low blow. And uh, I'm changing my mind after 20 seconds of oh, thought. Dennis, just like you're trading. <laughs> just like it's, it's trading. like a, it's like my trading. <laughs> I changed my opinion more than anything. That's it. That's it right there. That's why I'm pretty good at trading. I changed my opinion on it. I changed my opinion again. I changed my opinion again. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's let's actually talk about Tesla today. Well, I just two movies. I mean, I did see Coda, and that was oh, a great, great how was movie. It? I still haven't seen it yet. It, and that was um, that was an Apple production. Um, who who did that? Apple, because you said yeah, Apple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coda was Apple. Yep. That was a great movie, um, and I was also on the plane. I saw um, King Richard. That was very good, right? And I thought he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought he yeah. did an incredible job yeah, um, acting in that. So, so I'm a big movie goer. All right, uh, here we are. All right. Anyways, all right. let's let's go. Let's get back on track and talk about Tesla here. Um, this is interesting. So Tesla announced that they the board has approved the potential for the company to authorize new shares. Now that idea goes to a, a shareholder vote. Um, shareholders can vote now whether to authorize new shares of the company to essentially allow Tesla to do another stock split it, it is, is the implication here, right? Um, so what would happen if this goes through is Tesla would issue new shares it would not be dilutive because they would give those shares to the shareholders and like, you know, to, to maintain their current stake and then just split the stock off of that. So yeah, I should also mention that Tesla is spending production at their Shanghai factory because of, of, right. of COVID, yeah. but that's that, that's the financial that. engineering trumps that. Yeah, apparently so. Joel, there were three days of consolidation for Tesla. Now you get the positive headline. Everybody's going to be talking about it all day. Is there going to be another stock split? It's hard to just come in here and say, I'm going to short up 61 when you know it's going to be talked about on CNBC 100 times today. So uh, I don't know what to say. Even This is just um, this is an unbelievable comeback from, from five. How many days ago? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10 days ago, we had 756. Today, we're 1,070. Well, the stock's up 50%, almost 40% in, in 10 trading sessions. This is incredible. Incredible move for a market cap that size. What do you got? You got a pair of highs at, uh, this is called 1115. Yeah. Uh, current uh, pre-market high is 1080. 
Uh, so if I was long, well, I am long this, but I'm not looking to sell it. Draw your genius uh, on that Tesla yeah, yeah. long. I'll tell you that. Just don't sell. Don't don't sell. Don't get freaked out. Don't try and time the ah, market. We, we need to have the course on Joel Alconan, the whole, the diamond hands course. Yeah. Called Joel Alconan diamond hands. Got to get through 1080 and then 1115 and then, you know, make a look at all time. I don't understand why he's splitting stock. You know, I mean, it's, you know, well, just to make the stock price years. go higher. That's why. Okay. That's what yeah. it does. That, that, that is what it does. That's exactly. what it does. Yeah. Makes the stock price go higher. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't care. Yeah, it, it creates well, an ins- you. You it, cre- it creates an incentive for people to want to go out and buy the stock now. Yeah. Because can people people think, oh, like I, if I buy the stock now before the the record date or whatever it is, I will get these shares for free. That's not actually how it works, obviously, but people. Think that oh it's just like with dividends right people, people like might, getting more shares might think like oh if I buy now I get a dividend but, but yeah but it comes out of the price of the stock so it's not free money but it creates an incentive for people to want to go and buy the stock I don't think it will go the same as last time you know the way the well, way well, yeah. how, remind me how how expensive was Tesla was it like it was it was it was a crazy move. It was absolutely ridiculous what it did. The run we had way. off the split, yeah. yeah. The S and P ad too. So you had the S and P ad, which was just the, that was the crazier move. It went from like four hundred to I think it closed at like six ninety. It went up like seventy five percent off the S and P ad, which you know, in the course of I don't know a month or two before the ad happened, which was incredible in itself. And then the split too, you know, it had to double the financial engineering and not S P ad, but the, the stuff that's not really to do with company fundamentals. Has really driven the price. I mean, S P ad, other stocks split, split again. There's been a huge driver from stuff that's absolutely nothing to do with the company. When was that? Was that during this run here? I mean, because uh, um, I think this is when they announced the stock split. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. When was it, or was it earlier? Let me see. This is uh, this is 21. Well, we, we had the 690. Yeah, 2020. It seemed to me it was August. Wasn't it more in August when they made uh, the I initial announcement? August of last year. Yes. Okay. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't last year. It was two years. Twenty. Twenty. It was two years ago. I know. Time flies when you're having fun, Joel. Right. What's that? They did it during the pandemic, huh? Yeah, Apple and Tesla both did. Twenty twenty. It's been an incredible move. I'm not sticking Tesla in my long-term portfolio here, but it's been the right move all the time. I've been wrong about Tesla for a long time. Next. Yep. Uh, okay, a bunch of other stocks moving today. Um, where do you, where should we start? Let's start with C S E C Limited. Uh, this is a uh, what like an Asian e-commerce play. They they're pull, they have a subsidiary uh, business in India uh, that there's an, an e-commerce uh, company called Shopee that they're shutting down. They're basically just getting out of the Indian e-commerce market. They announced. So uh, and also I should note that Kathy bought. Some of this on Friday, uh, bought <laughs> 150,000 shares of this stock on Friday, but um, what so, a- so she likes it, but anyway, uh, the, the reason it's down there is because they're pulling out of the Indian e commerce market. What a fall from grace here! I yeah. mean, this stock was one that just would not stop going up, it was going up every single day. I felt like for years, like for real, and it was for years, it was like from 2019. Went from thirteen dollars to fifty, and then twenty twenty went from fifty to like two hundred, and then twenty twenty went from two hundred almost four hundred, and then I give it all, I give a whole chunk of it back here. I mean, do people come in and buy this dip on SE? Maybe I, I don't know, but the trend is not your friend, absolutely not your friend on this one. There's a lot of stocks that are trying to like make new highs and breaking out, and this is going the opposite direction. I don't follow the story closely enough. It's been a fun one to trade, but I don't follow closely enough to get a feel for whether I should be coming in and buying the seven percent dip or not. Let's see. We'll make it. We'll do it easy. We'll make it easy. Make it uh, easy. I like okay. easy. Okay, eighty-five right to yep. uh, one one thirty-two. Sure. Right. So thirty-two and fifteen is what forty-seven. Yeah. Half of forty-seven, twenty-four. So yeah, that ninety five one oh nine, yeah. 
This if 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 right you now. want to buy this stock, this yeah. is this is where you do it, and then you lean on the. That's if if you feel like you missed the move, and this is a you know this is a uh you know a, a, a buy the dip opportunity, and who knows? You know another one that we looked at, and I actually did an article on this, and I couldn't believe what a buy the dip opportunity. Did you see Koopa Software after it? Koopa uh, Troopa? No. Did you see Koopa? No, we did. I did. I didn't. Look at Koopa. After the earnings, yeah. Oh, Look wow. It came all the way back. Yeah. All the way back. All the way back. Wow. Yeah. I yep. hadn't noticed that. They've yep. been buying all growth in the last 10 days, but now you're going to start to, at this point, start to get separation again, where there's going to be some that are going to continue to go, and there's going to be some that are going to continue to leak. So it's been like everything moving together, but as you get this consolidation period here and as you get um, maybe the VIX coming down, it becomes more selective. So it's not as easy going to just say, I'm just buy because it it's growth. So, yeah. Very, very, again, all of these charts are tough here because you've had big moves in both directions. So you're like, okay, well, where do I, you know, you come in here on a stock, you know, like we were talking Tesla, but go to the one, what was we, what were we just talking about? We're already forgetting. Stock before Coupa. SE. Yeah, SE. Yeah. I mean, you come in here and you think, okay, why well, I buy the dip, but where are you stopping yourself out? I mean, the lower the move is 85. I'm not taking it down to 85. That's way too big of a, you know, too much risk. So, you know, you go 108 and say, I want to see it respond quickly. I want to see the, the, the open low, open at the low or open near the low and buy it right up where the dip by the dippers come in. I got to see a whole triple digits. I, but, you know, sometimes you see it go down, take you out, go down 99, undercut it. And then it's all of a sudden we're back up at 107. It's like, ah, shake everybody out. Tough market tough market uh other big mover of the day we do have a deal to announce uh or that that's been announced i should say hp inc is buying uh plantronics ticker poly p-o-l-y for 40 dollars a share in cash uh that gives uh plantronics enterprise value of about 3.3 billion dollars wow. so that stock was halted it has since come out of the halt and it, it has gone up to uh uh, near that takeout price, HPQ is your takeover uh, stock, your company. The, the stock has been running too. Yeah. I mean, getting close to that $40 level, which you got to think there's some size up there near 40. Um, it's peeling back off that with the takeover. Again, this isn't a stock deal, so you don't have the ARBs coming in here and shorting HPQ and buying POLY, so you don't have that dynamic. Uh, but they're just hitting it just because they, you know, there's a premium pay and they typically knock the premium off the stock. P-O-L-Y is nothing to say. It's thirty eight ninety five. It's a buck down. So risk curves are giving it a dollar just for the time value of money. Yep. All right. So that's your big gainer, uh, uh, Polly. Um, let me go through my list here. There's a couple other movers. We covered C. Uh, Sonos. We should... Sorry. This is a big, a big yeah. game. S-O-N-O. Sonos. Uh, being added to the S&P small cap 600 index. So up ten percent, nine and a half percent, whatever, off of this. Uh, this stock is still my sworn enemy, uh, but uh, <laughs> why? Because of the day when the Sonos debacle. This company, not the stock, the company. The company is my sworn enemy. For this what is the Sonos debacle? I don't remember know when I came in like a month ago. I came into the office. Oh and was, yeah, and all yeah, the lights. Yeah, yeah, the music. Yeah, all the music. You couldn't get the music off, so you, you get the music off. Stock now. Yeah, you anyway. hate the company, not the stock. I hate the company. <laughs> Um, this, I'm kind of ticked off at myself. I actually wanted to buy this. I looked at this at 22, 23, a couple of times back in January and then came back down there and I've been wanting to buy SONO for the simple reason is, um, one, I don't think valuation's crazy too. We've had Andrew left on the show about a year ago and he thought eventually somebody's going to buy this company and the stock obviously run significantly for a long time after that, maybe a year and a half ago. Ran up into the 40s after that. I think it was around 17 or 18 dollars when he said that. We've come up full circle. We've come back down to those like value area on SONO. So I kind of like it, but now I've missed it again. Now it's getting added add to the S P. What was it getting added to? S P Y. The S P small cap. The small 600. cap. The small cap 600. Hey. And when's that supposed to take place? Oh, throw me under the bus. I don't no, know. Sorry. I don't know. I mean, right, right now, Joel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this very second. 
No, I don't. I don't. Have I mean, you. Uh, someone has that really doesn't care is uh, is trading out of this at twenty nine. You know, they're just like, hey, this is a little bonus. I don't care. It's going. They're usually selling side. opportunities when they're yeah, out of the yeah. indexes. And then, um, besides that. Um, if you know, if they mop up that right. seller, I, I, people I, I think got it's... your date. I got your date for you. It'll be effective as of Wednesday morning. Okay, fairly soon. Yeah, so I, I'd also that same seller at twenty nine, twenty nine seventy four. Uh, that was another high. So just uh, kind of the top of the trading range that you've been at too for most of the year. Yeah, uh, so, thirty yeah. bucks looks like resistance. Yeah. I mean, it's had a big move. I'm not coming in buying it here now. I missed it. I wouldn't it's buy it in. because it's being added. And then if I owned it and it was getting a pop, just we pop for this, I, I'd sell it. I, yeah, I me too. Care. I'm with Going you. Hey, the same side. Who cares? Same side. Who cares what yeah. it, and what, what index is it coming out of, right? I don't think. Uh, is, it, is it, you know, what if it comes out of index and everyone has to sell it? You know, it's, mm. it's all, sometimes it's a, you see uh, those dynamics right. with stocks going. It's a good point, but this isn't the case here. But this sometimes you here. see a stock going into the S&P 500. It'll become such a small component in the S&P 500. When it's coming from a bigger component, you actually have a net sell happen. That's how sometimes stocks that are added okay. to the S&P 500 can actually go down. This is not the case here. This is getting added in the 600. It's probably, you know, it's not the case here. Yeah. So okay. stock getting lifted. Uh, just to mention, too, uh, yeah. people might be waiting for Tim. Tim is hey, Tim is under the weather or something. He emailed us late last night. He couldn't come on today. He said he, he, he caught a bug late last week. So Tim will be on next week, uh, but uh, not today because he's under the weather, unfortunately. So. We'll, we'll we'll get if we can if we can swing it we can maybe get him on potentially later on in the week but uh, he's 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 out sick here today. Um, that said, we do have Money Mitch here who who's is oh, going nice. on in a second. But Dennis, were, were you going to say something before I brought up Sonos? Were you going to say something or was that was that what you? Were I already say? I already free, I'm a six second goldfish man. I feel like so. you had something to add. It was about a stock or something, and I interrupted you. But all right, whatever. Um, let's bring on Money Mitch. Let's see yeah. what he has to say. Mitch Mitch doesn't join the show very often. I know, I know he's here back. In a while. He's always hiding in the background, though. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Uh, where, where is, is he? he there? He there he is. There he is. What's up? What's going on, guys? Hey, How we doing? On? Talk some rational thought to me here, because I I am like been on the wrong side of this trade for a bit here. Obviously, for the last ten days, as the market continues to climb the wall of worry here. How is money, Mitch, approaching this market? So this. Two things, really. I mean, one thing I've been watching, of course, the market breadth changing. I, I can tell you right now, at least the SMA 50, uh, those numbers have really started to point towards the upside. They're above 50%. And I think this is an important change to notice. You know, this is the short term using that SMA 50 and noticing that, yes, some stocks, of course, took off from oversold territories. Now we're getting into overbought territory. And so I'm wondering if we're getting towards a point in time where we've just extended far enough and now we're going to start seeing some retracement so that's my concern now the big thing of course i'm watching is the sma 200 and those numbers if we take a look this morning i want i want to give us updated numbers here um, so if we take a look we're at right now 34.3 percent of stocks are below the sma 200 um well 65 percent 0.7 are below the SMA 200, 34.3 are above. Watch that number. If it gets to 40, that's really where I'm going to flip to the bull because that would be the flip where I could start seeing majority of stocks go bullish. If majority of stocks are bullish and leading the run, then I could see this market turn into a bull market again. Now, that's the real concern for me. You're getting a battle between the SMA 50 and the SMA 200. To, for me, I think you got to watch right now the treasury yields. I think that's in the forefront of a lot of investors. The two compared towards the 10. If we take a look this morning, we're moving closer and closer. The two year is at 2.3 and the 30 year right now is at 2.6. So that inversion is getting closer and closer to happen where that could predict a recession. Yeah, that's not, my not just concern. that too. That that's good too, but also the five and the thirty just inverted today for the first time and yes. They were since two thousand six. So yes, bond yields are reverting. That also is considered a recession indicator. Um uh, but so why course, do we keep going up? That's that's the question. That's the, 
That's the question. <laughs> well, so if I take a just look, punish the shorts. Well, I, I'm going to give a little bit more on the Bears thesis here. Um, okay. So my idea is, if you take a look here at energy and utilities, look how utilities is really taken off. Um, I think this has to do all with that inflation that's coming. If there's anything that I think you're going to see take off the most, I think it's in utilities. Stocks like uh, Duke, if you see these charts, they've been just taking off. I'll go to the dailies so you can really see that reaction. Look at Duke. Look at SRE. Um, look at NEE. They're all getting really strong. I'm going to be watching these to see if they can continue. But, I mean, we see energy just taking off and oil just keep going higher and higher. Um, I just don't see how you can't continue to raise rates, and if anything, at a faster pace. I, yeah. I think there is a point to that. I mean, you, you got the markets. If they were worried about market knocking it down, I mean, the market's telling you we can take a, a faster pace. So 50 is on the table, I mean, for the mm -hmm. next meeting. What are the odds? Do you know, Spencer, for the next meeting? Is it like I mean, we know where they're going to yeah, go? Let's take a What's look the, at the odds? odds. Uh, well, the odds you have that table going. Do you have I that do. table still going? Yeah, I have it in front of me right now. So the I think odds... she's right. I think we could go 50 at the next one. Yeah, the odds of a 50-point hike are – wait, so right now we're at a quarter point, yes? Yeah. So the odds of a 50-point hike – Odds of going another 50. The odds of a 50-basis point hike at the May meeting – that's the next meeting is in May – is 71%. Oh, so it's already priced. That's in the odds 50. of a 50-point hike. The odds of a 25-point hike is, is the remainder of that, so it's a – 29% odds of, of that happening. Um, but majority seems to be thinking we are going a half point on May 4th. Yeah. So, I mean, my biggest concern is not about being bare, but just pointing towards the economical factors that are out there. And it doesn't point towards the upside. Yeah. I don't see GDP going big into the green. So no, I, don't I don't see either. how some people say that the economy is going to get hot. Uh, are going to start ripping later on in the quarters. So yeah. I, I think right now everything points to higher inflation, rates going up. Uh, if anything, I think in the long run, you're going to start seeing the job market slow down. And so I, I just don't see it. And until then, I'll stay with the market breath. I'm going to watch that SMA 200. And if that can go above the 40%, then I can start getting bullish based on the market breath itself than the economical factors. It's a tough market. I mean, everything you say, I agree with. And I want to be bearish. I want to, like, come in here and start shorting stocks here. But then I'm like, that's dangerous. I try to do that, I'm getting my butt kicked, Mitch. I'm getting yeah. my butt kicked. I, I mean, I, you're not the only one. I, I yeah, did take I some profit multiple times in Tesla short side through that through that thousand. But it didn't want to hold. You can see that, at least. To, and now I mean, you get Tesla a positive comes, headline and boom, you're going boom, through the thousand or and now you're looking and thinking about all-time highs. It's impossible to win. I A couple of months ago, like two months ago, I had a conversation with, with a family member. And she, she was like, I have some cash to invest. And uh, uh, Spencer, just deal with this. And I did nothing. I've done nothing. And I felt like a genius. And now I feel like a schmuck. Because <laughs> I feel like a genius two weeks ago. I was like, I had done nothing with this with her money. It's, oh, yeah. it's and, and now I here I am two weeks later. And I'm yeah. like, damn it, I didn't do anything. Stupid, stupid, stupid. No, I, we're all saying the same thing. We're all saying the same thing. I felt like a genius all the way down, yeah, saying, Yeah, I'm sitting with cash. I've got all this cash. I'm like, this is you know, I'm uh, this is this has been the call. And all of a sudden it's like boom, boom. Ten days later, we're getting all the losses back in Apple and three yeah. quarters of the losses back in Tesla, and I'm like I missed it. I somehow totally missed the bottom. No, <laughs> I'm thinking it now too. And I'm like, yeah. why? I'm like, nothing has changed. But you know what? It doesn't matter. No. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, one thing to point at is that um in the in the chat you're gonna see everybody say, you know, both sides, right? I mean the top and the bottom. I think the biggest thing I think in the in there is trying to be, you know, flexible. You know, there's going to be days where the market is going to rally significant and you're going to be able to make some great profit. That's why I've been day trading a little bit more is because yeah. th there's intraday momentum. 
But what we have seen, we haven't seen this consistency in the momentum. And I think that's what's creating the FOMO that Dennis keeps bringing up also. I've got it's, it a bit too. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? It's a good point. <laughs> you're like 50% cash and you're like, missing out. <laughs> I got a little fear of missing out happening here. <laughs> and I think you just got to take advantage of short-term momentum now. Um, long-term momentum, of course, you can always take an approach of averaging in. That has probably not been bad for a lot of investors this year. If you just kind of averaged in on those retraces of the spy, I'm sure you got in at a good average. So that's the way I would approach it. You know, is if you're looking long-term, just try to look at, you know, dollar cost averaging down, spy goes down, let's say five, 10%, you take some shots. Yeah. I think that's a, a good way of approaching it. Like always, it's not financial advice. The way that I'm thinking about it, because I think that, not having any skin in the game long term, of course, isn't always the best, right? I mean, no. we, we we know that by statistics, but it's definitely a dangerous game to play right now. Yeah, and that's why, even though I've been fully on the bear train for months now, I didn't go 100% catch for that reason. Because wow. what if I'm wrong and then everybody else, you know, market starts blasting off without you? Uh, but 50% is a sizable position. And I'm still sitting at 50% cash. The idea Um, that you are even talking about 100% cash when inflation's at 9%. Well, you can't. That's exactly it. That's why you can't go 100% cash because everything's getting, you know, going up around you. Prices of everything are going up. So you can try to time it and say, okay, eventually prices are going to start coming down for certain things. But we haven't seen it happen. You know, we can talk about demand destruction, but we haven't really seen it happen yet. You know, we have we yeah. can predict and say, well, you know, if people are spending more at the pumps and spending more on food and they're spending more on housing, that eventually they're going to have less money to spend on everything else. Yeah. But it really hasn't materialized in any of the numbers yet. So you know, I think logic you, says that that makes sense, but the numbers haven't really shown that yet. I think you so, haven't even begun to see inflation yet. I really do, and that's why I'm concerned. I we we've, we've begun. We've begun to see inflation. I think. I mean, I hope we have over four dollars. I would. <laughs> we haven't seen. Ever. We haven't seen the effects of the Russian-Ukraine war at our pumps yet. Wait till you see what? that. Effect. You what? haven't seen it yet. I, I feel like we have. <laughs> it's been over. April's 4 coming, guys. From every everything that I point okay. to, and and right. how right now is, is in this end of the month is the exchange of what everyone's talking about it right now. Russia's asking for rubles in exchange for their for their gas. Everyone's trying to pay in euros. There's a battle right now that's going to go on for that supply. Who's going to get it? What's going to happen there? Watch in April. I think you're going to start All seeing right. barrels, right. at least see. the price for oil, go to 150 So just be careful out there, guys. All right. I'm scared. I hope we're not going to see um Rawr, the bear oil, came in. Because I, I, I was already – I filled Joe? up my F-150 this weekend, and I felt a little bit like it got to 200 bucks Canadian. I was like, I got to stop. I'm not even full yet, but I just can't even stomach putting over $200 in gas into my pickups. So I need to. I don't want a $1,550 barrel of oil. Maybe we got to go all electric. You know, maybe this is the argument for Tesla and all the EVs because you know these pump prices keep going the way they are. People are going to be like, I need electric car. <laughs> I don't know. I was at Costco yesterday, and you wouldn't know it. It was packed. So um, you're not seeing any demand destruction where you're no. going either yet. No, no. not yet. No. Not yet. So, um, all right. Fun discussion. Nobody knows. We are, none of us. Know. When in doubt, dollar cost average. That was a takeaway from this. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not a bad. Honestly, not that would bad. be my tip too. Not I, bad I, I need to get better. You can't at time it. it. You can't time it. You can only you can only play along. You can't time yeah. it. Um, that, that that's what Joel thinks. But you can time your day trades, and you can time the moves, and you know that's where my bread and butter has been for 22 years is the short term trading and trying to feel out the short term. And right now, it's hard to argue with the bull train. It is working. Um, my long term account stays 50% cash, but my short term account is biased long. And you just got, you know, there's just been unless we get that headline and we can turn it in a hurry. But there is some setups here happening that we're looking tired. Like even look. Um, you know, you can look at some of the automotive stocks. They're starting to look a little bit exhausted. We've had a big move, bounce back, and like General Motors and Ford, they've bounced back off the lows. Not a big move, uh, but Toyota's had a big move. TM, I talked about this one on Friday. I think this one actually sets up from the short side because you've got the big move, TM, 
two to 13 down all the way to $150 was the overshoot. But now you've had like almost the 50% bounce back right in a resistance, tidy little double top from the last couple of days, which was what me and Alcon and like to look at. Um, I kind of like TM from the short side. Not quite at the 50. Uh, yeah. I mean, 215. I don't know where these uh, these autos are going. I mean, and this one is especially a little bit, you know, uh, harder to trade being a secondary market here. But I, I see a pair of highs just over 180 trading 179.20. But it's just small candles. I don't, um, I don't know. Not not looking at it from the long side or the short side. Just kind of looks quiet. I think there's an opportunity to lighten some of these stocks up. Mm-hmm. And I think. The think is the whole problem here because I, I, I stop myself almost when I start thinking too much. And, you know, you, you go th- down Mitch and, and what everything he says makes perfect sense. And you think, why in the hell am I owning any automotives? Why in the hell, you know, an EV does make some sense here. But we're going to a $150 barrel. And I don't know if that's the case, but let's just say scenario analysis. You got to be dumping the airlines into this rally. You got to be dumping. If you think that, you, you know, like look at the airlines, the bounce back we have had in the airlines is nothing short of incredible. I mean, American Airlines a week and a half ago was $12. It's 17, Joel. We're right back up. Yet, again, the pump prices, and don't kid yourself, this is hurting the airlines. It's going to cost them. It's almost like they're in the perfect storm spot. You know, if you think, and if this is only the bare thesis, but if you think there's demand destruction potentially happening, people are going to have less money. They're going to have less trips. If people are going to have, you know, higher pump, if the, the, if the gas prices and oil is going up, that's going to hit the airlines two directions. One, supply, or, or one is obviously the cost of fuel, and then two is that their demand for the product for flying around is going to go down. So if you think you're going to $150 oil barrel uh, per barrel, you got to be dumping the airlines as fast as you possibly can into this rally because this rally has been vicious. And I'm not saying that's what I think, but I, if you think oil is going higher, the airline rally is a gift. Well, let's just take a look at the uh, at the oil market, and uh, you're looking at the May, right? And the May is trading at uh, 108, right? So what's that? That's that CLK. Let's look at the uh, at uh, CLM22. Come on, CLM22. There's your June. Your June is trading below your uh, May. And then if you go all the way out to December, CLZ22. The future markets are not predicting the $150, you know. uh, Not this time, nope. Nope, not right now. Not right now. But if it was, if this was inverted, you know, and that the front months were each higher, then I would say that the higher the probability of it. Um, if you think that oil is, uh, you know, going to be at that level, I'd be going going out to the farther months and and seeing what happens. I really, what I think it, um, I know that uh, I did a little writing up when. Um, Mark Fisher, I believe his name was, he was on CNBC and he really moved the oil market. I think where the big money in the oil market's being made is the guys that are trading the spreads, you know, between the different months. They're not, they're not loading up. Yeah. There's always the money made there. Yep. The crack spread uh, is called. And uh, there's another one too against heating oil. So you're, you're laying off some of your risk and, uh, uh, I think that's the way. If you you know if you want to trade it long term, that's probably the best way to go. If you got the account size in the market. One size. thing I I can say and to sum up this show for the most part is that this is a very confusing market right now because it seems like it should you know the logic says yeah you got to sell this but the the market's telling you no. So I mean you're really at odds with what you think and what you should be doing. So this could all change, and the way it would change from a, from a macro perspective is, you know, we do get a ceasefire. Everything would change. Oil would implode. Everything would look a hell of a lot different. I mean, the the inflation problem probably doesn't go away in that case, but um, you know, th- that would change everything. So there is a there is a there is a path 
to understanding why we could potentially approach all-time highs, and that would be the ceasefire. But maybe this market just continues to climb the wall of worry anyways because it's just focused on the American, North American markets, which were coming out of a pandemic and people still want to go and do things. You know, like it's busy. You're going down. My one friend just came back from Jamaica. It's busy is down there. I mean, people are doing stuff right now. So whether they be doing stuff in six months, it's hard to say. But right now this market is looking like it can, wants to continue to climb that wall of worry. Uh, just before we go, I wanted to mention the cannabis stocks briefly because the the bill is set uh, to uh, go go for a vote in the House of Representatives today. It will probably pass, but if you've ever needed um, proof that cannabis is just a sell the rip kind of a market, uh, at least in the stocks are, well, let this be your proof. If the first ten times didn't do it for you, I I, I love <laughs> cannabis. I'm bullish cannabis, but I mean this 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 thing is going to get to a vote today. It's going to pass the House. It, it may get stonewalled in the Senate, but the, all these stocks have all been leaking. They leaked after hours on Friday. They're leaking again this morning. They're leaking into this vote is the bottom line. Yeah, and they will probably continue to leak. I wish it wasn't the case, but. That's the case. That's the market. Profit taking into these. A lot of these yep. stocks, Tilray has went from three days ago was $5.69, $7, got up to $8.56. You're talking yep. about moves of 60 70% in two or three days. These are big moves. CGC, canopy growth up from $6, $7. So not as much, but um, still significant moves. All of these stocks have rallied you know, 10 to 20% in the last few days. People are booking the gains. Yeah. So... That is what it is, honestly. Um, and then BitFarms had earnings this morning. It's good. This is interesting, BITF, because it, it great earnings report up with crypto at large, but has been leaking here. Uh, their their sales year over year went from 11 million last year in, in in the same quarter to almost 60 million in in the in the one in the quarter they just reported. So uh, huge year over year sales growth. For BitFarm, because they're mining a lot, they're mining, they mined almost thirty five hundred Bitcoin uh, last year at an average cost of just over eight thousand um, dollars. It was a good, good uh, report, and the stock is going to move with with Bitcoin at large, but it has been leaking throughout the pre market session. Um, what else did I want to mention? Uh, I mean, to me, this is a this is a pretty classic setup. Uh, yeah, you did. You know, usually when I see something retract that much from the pre market high. You're thinking, hmm, you know, can I get it at a gap fill? Can I get it at the top of uh, Friday's range? Not only was the top of Friday's range at the $4 area, you were up in there four or five times in the last few sessions. So giving you an opportunity after being higher, you you know, if you want to take a shot here at the $4 area, I wouldn't, you know, fall in love with it. I mean, I mean it's a lower price stock, so I don't know how, you know, how much risk reward you got. Uh, but there's also pair of lows at uh, or four lows, five lows at three sixty, three seventy. So those buyers need to step up to four and see if you can get a rally here in Bid Farms yeah. LTD. That's to me old. Will that old uh, resistance be new support? Again, it just matters the crypto price. So the Bitcoin crypto. is going to drive yep. it all. If you look at all these things, you can pair trade them all together. They all look the same. Mara, Riot, Hive. Um, Bit farms, they're all similar charts. So it's Bitcoin price that drives it. Bitcoin's obviously up today. So you're seeing, you know, that relief pop here in a lot of these things. A lot of these things are oversold as well, even though they've had a rally in the last seven or eight days. I mean, look at Mara. I mean, the stock was eighty three dollars. It's twenty eight bucks. Now thirty dollars this morning with the rally. So it's like, what a rally. Well, not if you bought this thing six months ago. So they're still oversold, even though they're overbought maybe in the last week. Overall, there's things are still oversold, and that's why there's vicious short squeeze in a lot of these names. Here's your calendar for the week for earnings. Pretty light. Uh, Chewy tomorrow, Micron tomorrow, um, RH, Walgreens later in the week, but um, Lulu is the big one probably as well. But sure. uh, light week on earnings front. All right, that'll be a wrap for us here today. We've got to hop over to live trading with Benzinga. So everyone smash that like button. And uh, we'll see you over there. Joel, I'll catch you later. Dennis, good luck today. Everyone, smash the like, subscribe on YouTube, join the YouTube membership. Check out Benzinga Pro, pro pro.benzinga.com. Free two-week trial for everyone. And check out the link in the description 
to the FinTwit 2022 conference that Benzinga is co-sponsoring about a month and a half from now, May 13th and 14th in Vegas. I'll be there. You'll be there. Get a discount on your ticket using the link and the code in the description of this video. Check it out there. Um, as always, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. That's a wrap. We're done. We're ending the show now. Going over to live trading with Mitch, Zunade, and Ryan. Everyone, good luck at the open. Let's go make some money. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.